0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to (laughs) the living room of Ignition Church. Let's open in prayer and then we'll move forward. Father, we worship you and we praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the incredible gift of your Son. We thank you that through Him, we can have eternal life. Through him, we can have hope. It was through his conquering of death that we do not have to fear death or even fear the slavery of sin. But we can wrap our arms around you and your love that you draw us in. Father, I pray that you fill my mouth with your words. I pray, Lord, that you send out your Holy Spirit to give ears to hear and eyes to see. I simply pray your will be done on earth here as you have planned it in heaven. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. <laughs> it was interesting because when I first walked up here, I I had to chuckle because the Lord said something to me walking He normally doesn't tell me a joke. <laughs> walking up. And uh, this morning he did. Maybe... Well, I don't know why, but but as I'm walking up, he he said he said, well, remember when you were in high school? And you have to understand, I went to a legalistic high school. He said, remember in high school what the rule was? Six inches. Stay six inches apart. He said, well, now it's six feet. (laughs) And maybe it was just a point of levity to me, didn't. Did, was that not funny? <laughs> Are you laughing on the inside? That's awesome. Thank you. Well, if nobody else got that, I got that, and I thought it was hilarious. And uh, <laughs> and the thing that was the the greatest about it was, Lord that doesn't normally tell me jokes when I'm on my way up here, especially today. I mean, today is such an incredible. Day, what we celebrate today is the power and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what he did on the cross was purchase our lives, was purchase the very covering that he desires to give us so that we can commune with the Father. And because when he died, death couldn't hold him, he was raised by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we celebrate today. That's that's what we celebrate in this thing that the world calls Easter. But there is... I, I just can't escape it. There is a heaviness as well. And you need to understand... The heaviness comes from the heart of a God who desires love back. He desires relationship back. And what he has had on my heart for the last few days, it has just been inescapable for me. I know... You guys know I'm not a traditional type person anyways. You know, at Christmas, I don't necessarily do a Christmas message. At Thanksgiving, I don't norm- normally do a Thanksgiving message. You know, whatever. I was really hoping and praying today would be different, but it is not. Because I will speak the Lord's heart, for he has given me his heart, and his heart is heavy. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to go through a few things here that I think will begin to explain his heart. It's one thing to feel good. It's one thing to Look at his hope, which is what we do and what we want to do and what he wants to do in our lives. It's another thing to recognize the gap between him and the purity of somebody who follows him only with their lips. Let me just start at verse 19. What I want to get down to is really from 23 on, but let's start at 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, because we have accepted him into our heart as Savior, we can have this confidence by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. Remember the curtain that was torn inside of of the holy of holies. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Now verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. There could be no wavering. For he who promised is faithful. That is in whom we have our hope. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet meet together. As has been the habit of some. But encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Boy, don't we wish for those days now that we could draw together. Right? Days that we took advantage or took uh, for granted before. 26. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fur- fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much more punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? For we know him who said, vengeance is mine. I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. And this is the theme this morning, verse 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. This is one of the more difficult passages in Hebrews to understand. Because so many people will attribute it to salvation. And that we can then lose our salvation. This along with Hebrews 6. But what it is talking about is the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ. It is talking about the recognition that it doesn't stop with asking him into your heart. But that he desires and opens his hands to a relationship with you that is an intimate, single, one-on-one relationship. And he's been patient. He's been so patient. But here's the thing. He said the prayers of a righteous man Of a fervent, the fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. It does much good. He listens. And you have people, you have Christians all throughout the world that have been praying fervently for him to ignite his bride. For him to come in relationship and show the world that relationship really bring to fruition Revelation 3.9. You have these prayers that have gone up for years from a remnant that have gone up for decades. At what point does he start answering the prayers of those fervent? See, we live life and we just keep going as his people, knowing that he is faithful to us and status quo is status quo. It just is what it is. Right? I'm 56, or will be in May. (laughs) Sorry, I don't want to say I'm older than I am. I'll be 56 in May and have lived long enough to see that things don't change. But they feel like they stay the same. And yet I look over the last 50 years and I see the dramatic changes. I see prayer. I remember when prayer was taken out of schools. I remember when abortion became legal. I was a kid. I remember when some of these things happened that have changed the face Of this country and the face of the globe. So as much as we think things stay the same, they really don't. Because there is a warfare that prevails. And for the longest time, the Lord has sat silent for his bride. Asking her to draw to him asking her to be purified and prepared for him. Well, we're at a point in time where he has heard the cries of his remnant. He has heard the cries of his bride. And what he wants is that purified walk. Notice in verse 26, it's important to understand this because he is not talking about sin as a blanket statement. He is talking about deliberate sin. If we go on sinning deliberately, after recognizing that we're not to, if we go on sinning deliberately, that is what crushes our relationship with him, It doesn't make us lose our salvation. We don't lose our salvation. Once, our, once we have received Jesus as, as our Savior, the Holy Spirit puts his stamp, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, puts his stamp on our heart. We will not lose that. It says we have it until we receive our promise, which is eternal life. But there is something that is heavily lost. And that is that intimacy of relationship between you and the Lord. He said if you go on sinning deliberately after knowing that it is sin, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. You can't go and just offer a sacrifice and then everything be okay again. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid everything. Does this mean that you have to go and ask Jesus into your heart again? No, that's actually the point. You can't. You can't. When you have Him in your heart, you have Him in your heart. When He is your Savior, He is your Savior. But when you go on sinning deliberately then what happens is you begin shutting doors to him and saying, you can't come in this one. You can't come in this door. And don't be confused as to what those doors may mean because to some it may be something blatant like pornography, alcoholism, whatever. But if he's telling you That he wants you to listen to his voice and you say you don't speak. That's deliberate. That's shutting a door on him and saying, no, Lord, that's too much for me to go there. I can't go there because it's not how I was raised. It's not how I have always understood you to be. Well, guess what? Times are changing. Our world is changing. We are heading into a time and have been in a time where the world's not going to look the same. I mean, you, you hear it on the news all the time. They say the world, and these are not people that are even Christians, they say the world will not ever be the same again. They have no idea how true those words are. Because see, in order for him to ready his bride, that means that there are choices that will have to be made. There's no longer this allowance for people to walk the line, to stand on the fence, and just choose to live on their own pretense while claiming to live for the Lord. See, that's the lukewarm. Those are the very things that he wants to spit from his mouth. He said, I would rather you be hot or cold. Verse 29 says, How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified? that blood that paid for his sin. See, when we walk in a manner that pushes the Lord away as Christians, when we walk in that manner, what we do is what it says here, we trample underfoot the Son of God. We literally are saying with our lives that his blood is not enough for me to change my life. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Turn to Romans chapter 9. And you know what? We're just going to be very quick this morning. Verse 17, Romans chapter 9, verse 17. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath, And to make known his power has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. I know some of that can be really confusing. But what I want to say here is the first part. I have for this very purpose I've raised you up that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. We're about to go into a time where it will show who lives for him and who doesn't. It will show I'm just struggling this morning. I'm struggling this morning. Because I feel his heart. And I know you don't understand and see the other side of what is coming at least feel his heart this morning he doesn't just want a bride he wants a ready bride he wants a bride that will love him no matter what that will give their very lives for him that will not see him as a compartment of their life but we'll see him as their life. And guess what? He deserves it. He deserves it. He deserves it. Good friend of mine. One who's in ignition. Has had some verses on her heart since the beginning of the fast. And they have been on mine as well. Because it's a picture of what's coming. It's a picture of what is here. Turn to Isaiah chapter 60. Let these verses sink into your heart. Because in these coming days... The remnant will shine. Verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I'm going to end with reading a word. It is a word he told me to release this morning, and then I will release it separately this afternoon. But it will be the same word. Normally, he doesn't have me prepare things, but he had me prepare this last night because he wanted me to bring it before his throne. And I attest these are the words that he gave me. These are not my own. Before I read these, I just want to say, do not fear. When you play this back, do not fear. Do not fear. Because the Lord is doing a work in your life to draw you. He wants to draw you to Himself. Trust in His promises. he promises never to leave you nor forsake you but his righteousness demands justice you see love has a cost any parent that loves their children And raises them with that true love. They understand that. Because you see the direction of your child. You know the direction they're supposed to go. And there's a cost when they don't go that direction. There's a point at which the parent out of love intervenes. This is what the Father is doing. His intervention is because of His love. And His love is overwhelming. Just as His light is overwhelming. So I will read this. I'm going to close in prayer first. Because the last thing I want to read that the Lord wants me to is this. Father, your will be done. Take to heart our love for you. I don't ask for special dispensation over your readied bride, over your remnant, for I know they are protected. What I ask, Father, through what is coming, is that you ignite a faith that has never been seen on this earth before. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord says, this is the first step of my judgment, the first step of my justice, the first step in making my bride ready. Do not fear my just process. You have been entrenched in deception, for you think that this virus is crippling but it is your own reaction that has crippled you. Still, I will show you the crippling effect of my hand. I will bring to this entire world ten days of darkness. During this time, man will want to die, but cannot by what I send. Man may choose to die, but it will not be of me, but by his own hand. I am setting a new plumb line, laying the foundation to a city built by my hands. For my bride, be strong and courageous. Do not fear. For I am with you always. For those who do not know me, my arms are outstretched and waiting to receive you into my love. For those who oppose me, woe to you. For terror, terror, terror is at your doorstep. I am love, and those who love me will receive my love. But those who live for themselves and serve other gods will be raw meat for the lion. Turn to me, and I will be your comfort, and will show you great and mighty things." The Lord has told me that this 10 days of darkness is a literal 10 days along with a literal darkness. This will begin tomorrow, Monday the 13th. Goodbye.